Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. If you are looking for top-tier retirement education, you are in the right place. Go to retirementriskadvisors.com. This is where you're going to be able to get access to all of our various webinars. Very excited for today's show. I have the opportunity to have with me one of my good friends, one of my colleagues, uh, Brian Britt. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Great to great to be here. Brian, this is interesting for me. You and I spend a lot of time together on various projects. I know that you've been on our Facebook Live with CR, but you and I have never really had a chance to just sit down and talk about you, your business, uh, get to know each other a little better on a personal level. So very exciting for me. Yeah, no, this is this is great. Uh, the uh, the wonders of modern technology allow us to do this from different corners of the country. Yeah. And uh, it's always good to have a chance to chat with you and and just uh, you know, shine a little bit more light about uh, where I've been and and my approach to different things and solutions for our clients, as well as the way you look at it as a CPA. So it's it's always a pleasure to have these brainstorming sessions with you. It is very interesting. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. Brian is in San Diego. And it is a great environment where we can do this together for you and give you guys a little bit of background. We're going to talk a little bit about his history and of his involvement in the industry. But I want to end today by talking about some of the planning that he does. It is different than what you're going to see out there for most advisors. And we'll get a chance to get into some of those details. But before we get there, Brian, let's talk a little bit about your history. I know now you work for yourself. You've got your your own business, but that isn't where you started. No. Let's, uh, if you wouldn't mind going back, telling a little history. I love your story back to where it all got started in New York. Sure. Yeah. So uh, born and raised in New York City, uh, the son of a super successful customer relations person and, you know, really just kind of grew up in a family that was all about taking care of customers, servicing people. My dad, who was a Korean Navy vet, came out of the Korean War and basically just started selling anything he could in the technology business in New York City. That kind of motivated me to be in a business where I could help people and really uh, hone my expertise in particular products and solutions that would be able to solve problems for people. So I think that's what kind of drove me towards financial services. But I started out in the financial services business when I was 17 years old in the back office of a mutual fund company in New York City, basically working at five bucks an hour, doing paperwork, pretty much. So I was, uh, you know, in different parts of the accounting uh, division, and uh, you know, I was still going to uh, high school at the time. When I got into college, I continued working for that company, and then actually got my financial advisor's license when I was 19 years old. So I was still going to full-time school, was attending St. John's University, pursuing a degree in economics. And when I got home at nighttime from going to school all day long, full-time, I would then go out and see clients. My first set of clients were actually my high school teachers. God bless them and, and give them strength. I went back to my high school and started talking about helping my old teachers manage their 403B accounts, right? So they all had these 403Bs. They had, you know, some kind of menu of mutual funds, but they also had the ability to self-direct them. I basically came in and started to help them choose the right mutual funds for their 403B. From there, 
I got into the management end of the business in New York City with about uh, 50 advisors. That was like fresh out of college. They threw me into a managerial role, which was a huge mistake on their part, but I took it because <laughs> they offered it to me. Uh, but you know, what does a 21 year old kid know about managing people that are you know, 10, 20, 30 years older than he was, right? And I was terrible at it. But anyway, I, I did manage for about five years and then really, really missed the, the one-on-one relationships that develop with the customers and decided to just go back to the asset management side of things. Actually moved from New York City to Chicago. The company that I had run three branches in New York City for wanted me to open up a Chicago branch. My wife at the time, her family, she had a whole bunch of family in Chicago. So we ended up moving to Chicago. Ultimately, that gig ended. It didn't work out in Chicago. And I joined a company called Lehman Brothers. When I joined Lehman Brothers, uh, basically I was a large cap value manager. Stayed with them for a number of years, moved to Payne Weber. I'm still large cap value was my specialty. And then in 1999, I joined Merrill Lynch and I was with them for 11 years. But what I noticed while I was at Merrill, so this was, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years ago, I noticed that the conversations that I was having with my asset management clients all over America started to change. So initially, when I would call someone up, the first thing they would want to know is, how much money did you make me? You know, after they said, how are you? How's your family? How's the weather? They'd be like, so how much money did I make, right? Uh, How are we doing compared to the S&P? How's that market looking? What do you think it's going to do? You think it's going to crash? It's going to go up? So the whole conversation was pretty much based around accumulation, where that was the main focus of those relationships, was making money in the marketplace. And about 15, now it's probably 16 years ago, I noticed a a very clear change in the shift of those conversations where people started asking me different questions all of a sudden. Clients that have been with me forever started asking me things like, so if I were to stop working and I had no income at all, how much could I spend per month without running out of money if I make it to 100, including inflation, and taxes. And what if I end up going into a long-term care facility like my grandfather did, and I'm in there for two or three years as I finish my life? How's that going to affect things? And will there be any money left over at the end of the day for my kids? So that was a much different discussion than how much money did we make? So what I did about 16 years ago is I really started to change the focus of the practice nationwide from accumulation of assets I still manage assets all over the country today, but the focus of the practice changed from accumulation to distribution. Because my clients were all getting to that age where they were starting to ask those questions to themselves about how do I distribute all this money I've saved? What's the best way to get it out? What's the best way it's gonna last the longest? What's the best way I'm gonna be able to protect it, not only from market losses, but from taxes? from potential long-term care events. Really at that point, all my energy and attention went into designing long-term planning strategies for my clients, basically to make sure that they wouldn't run out of money before they ran out of time, and they'd be covered on certain risks like market loss risk, as well as tax rate risk, as well as long-term care risk. That's kind of how the practice morphed. 
Today, as you know, you and I together offer planning services all over the country, but I, I still do manage assets for people. I don't go out and just try to find and pursue just that particular avenue anymore. Uh, it's much more of a planning-based business than it used to be. It's always interesting for me to see how you can take a young man out of the farm fields of Utah, someone out of New York, and here we are 30 years later, great friends, uh, spending time together yep. and doing the same type of business. And that's one of the things that attracted me to you originally is I like the way you plan because you do something that many advisors out there are not doing as a retirement risk advisor. It's my job to get people through retirement, which is really what you're doing. It's not just getting in there. How was that process as you made those changes? Easy to do. There are third parties out there that were able to help you through the process. How did you start making that transition yourself? Yeah, so I, I had gone through, like a lot of financial planners, multiple different softwares, just trying Money Guide Pro, eMoney, Ensmark, Wealthy and Wise, which is one and the same. And really through a couple of business partners that I had started working with about 15 years ago, I just found a software that was extremely focused on tax rate risk. I still to this day believe it's the only software that focuses on really putting tax rate risk as a high priority. And what I mean by that is, you know, now having done thousands of plans all over the United States, I've seen a lot of plans. In other words, people have come to me with their plans to say, well, I already got a plan. Let me show you. And I'm like, okay, great, send it to me. Let me see what you got. And knowing the software programs that are out there, there really are none that kind of look at the world from a tax rate risk perspective first, an asset protection perspective second, and a long-term care risk perspective third. Most of the plans that are out there, whether they're the free plans that you get online with a Fidelity or a discount brokerage house, or you, you hire a professional planner like us and you pay an engagement uh, cost to build one, there really are very few that I have run across that A, assume tax rates will ever change. I found this fascinating. Like I'd look at these plans and my client would say, yeah, my financial advisor said I'm never going to run out of money and then and I'll have plenty left over at the end of the day. And then I'd say, great, let's just test that theory. Trust but verify, right? I trust they're right, but let me verify how they came up with that conclusion that you were going to be okay. And ultimately, every plan I've looked at almost, with a couple of exceptions, assumed that the current tax structure would be in place for the life of the client. Obviously, anybody that goes to our classes online or who's ever gone to any of my courses that I teach at UCSD, they know that if you look at tax rate history, it's been all over the map. And obviously, we're right now at an extremely low tax rate structure, the third lowest, I think, in 85 or 88 years. To me, I almost felt like it was malpractice to tell my clients, you're going to be in the same system. I know that the client will float around within the structure, right, as their income levels change. They go from working to retiring. But if you go from working to retiring and you have a big drop in income, you're thinking, I'm going to be in a lot lower tax bracket, but not if the government steps in and completely turns up the flame on the taxes. And that's clearly where we're at right now. So looking at, I think, everything that's out there, Truly and honestly, I, I believe that the, the software that you and I use to build our plans is truly the best one that's available. And look, we're both fiduciaries. We have no horse in the race. So if eMoney e or Money Guide Pro or another program is going to be better 
then we're going to use it uh, without question, right? Not only would we want to, but it's our legal obligation to use the best plan. I just think the, you know, what we have right now, there is not even a close competitor to it. I just love, love working with that software. And, and I think the clients, uh, as you have seen with all the calls we've done together, reviewing plans with clients, they just love it. Once you teach them how to use it and you teach them all the color-coded guides of how they can move around the plan, they just love the plan. And uh, I will tell you, a lot of the other plans I've seen, there's a lot of bells and whistles. There's pie charts that float around your computer screen and spin like a dial at a carnival and all this other crazy stuff when you want to you know, change it. And they look beautiful, but they don't do, I believe, what needs to be done. Medicare insurance can be overwhelming and you may have lots of questions. We have teamed up with Medicare Compare USA to get your questions answered. Visit MedicareComparUSA.com forward slash retirement risk advisors for a complimentary Medicare insurance consultation today. One of the things that I love about the planning is it's very similar to my personality. Very simple, very easy. Anyone can understand it. That's one of the comments I get all the time as I'm teaching across the country is I can relate to you. You're that guy next door that brings it down to a level. You're not trying to impress me with everything that you know. And that's really one of the great things about the software. And you're exactly right. As a fiduciary, it's always interesting to me. And as I talked to, I think last year, we educated over 65,000 CPAs in our various webinars. When I look at that, I find so many advisors out there that don't have the right tools. They don't have the right knowledge. They don't address the various risks, but yet they claim, I'm a fiduciary. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you where you need to be, but yet you don't have all the tools to even be able to do that. And that has been one of the things that I've loved working with you, uh, with the plans that we do, putting things together is the tools are there, the resources are there, the, the knowledge is there. And obviously the planning, now you've talked about the software, you've talked about how unique it is, but I'd also like you to take a minute and talk about the plans themselves because the plans you're putting together are also very unique from what I've seen out there in the industry myself talking to thousands of various advisors that are putting these things together. Sure. So when people engage us to, as I call it, spreadsheet out the rest of their life, right? That's really what we're doing. We're spreadsheeting out the rest of their life. They're really getting three financial plans in that engagement agreement. So the first financial plan that we put together assumes that they never met us and they're not going to make any changes at all to where those pieces are currently set up on that chessboard. So if they got, you know, as we've seen how many times, if they have a majority of their liquid net worth inside of uh, qualified plans, we just assume they're going to leave that there for the rest of their life. It's going to grow at a certain percentage per year. There's going to be a certain amount of inflation per year. They're going to have RMDs at a certain age, um, et cetera, et cetera. So the first plan we run is pretty much just a snapshot of where you're at today. And then we will spend the money down the way that you tell us you want us to show you spending it down. So if you need $10,000 a month for the rest of your life inflated by 3% till you're 100 years old, we're just going to leave all the assets where they are and we're going to spreadsheet that out and see A, will you make it? B, will there be anything left over for your heirs? The second plan is really assuming the same thing. You never met us. So all the, all the chess pieces remain where they are. But the federal government does something, and the st basically just the federal government, that the Congressional Budget Office study that was done around 2010 said they needed to do in order to 
not basically default as a country, and I'm assuming that might have looked like maybe defaulting on Treasury bonds. That Congressional Budget Office study said that the United States government needed to either cut their spending in half over the next 10-year period or double income tax rates which would still be nowhere near the highest rates we've had historically, but it would put us up around 68% for the highest earner. Let's just say a married couple making roughly 650 or more would maybe be at that 68 on anything above the 650 in, in a marginal way. All the brackets would pretty much be twice what they were in 2010. And if everybody remembers in 2010, I think the highest federal bracket was 34, right? So they were assuming a, a 68. Um, so we run that plan. And we basically say, hey, leave all the money alone, don't touch it, and let us double taxes and still take out your 10000 a month or whatever it is and inflate it by X percent per year, etc. So the third blueprint is where we get to work some of our magic, hopefully. Number one, let me just say, the third blueprint, we assume taxes double from 2010 till now. So we assume that they begin, obviously, with the current tax plan we have right now. We're hoping that things remain as is till 2026, as they're supposed to. It was a bipartisan agreement. It's not going to be easy to dislodge it. Not saying it's impossible, but let's just say by 2030, we're thinking taxes could truly be a full-blown double from where they were in 2010. So in that third plan, we're still assuming taxes double over the next 10 years, same as the second plan, but we are doing everything that we know how to do to put our clients in the most advantageous position to pay the least amount of taxes possible. We're not in any way trying to evade taxes. We are simply trying to not pay more than we have to. In that third plan, we're starting to really play chess. We're moving pieces around. We're thinking three moves ahead. We're making changes today in order to have huge advantages down the road. Once we have all three of those plans done, we lay them all on one screen and show our clients all three side by side so they can actually see the ebb and flow of the asset base. Obviously, the third, we're gonna call it the tax efficient plan, we're probably gonna be paying a lot more taxes earlier in that plan than we would have in the, the first and the second plan where we're, we might have continued to postpone taxes for as long as we could in the first and second scenario. But in the third one, we're trying to buy out our business partner, as I always call it, meaning when we sit down with people and we kind of evaluate their assets and they tell us about their qualified money and they say, oh, I have you know X millions of dollars in my 401k, IRA, whatever. We say, well, I know you know this already, but you know that's not your money. And a lot of times people go, yeah, no, no, that's mine. I'm like, no, it's not. It's yours and a business partner who we have no idea what their percentage of ownership is in that business when you're 72 years old and you're forced to start selling the business. In other words, RMDs, right? We have no idea what their percentage ownership is going to be when you start taking RMDs. So our goal is to try to, as efficiently as possible, be able to get our clients into a tax advantaged position where we're gonna do it as slowly as we can as to not be too painful, but we're gonna do it as quickly as we can to not still have a ton of money that's not taxed yet stuck in there after tax rates potentially could be much higher in the future. And then after we finish with that third blueprint, we basically have a roadmap, which is a list of instructions step by step 
that the client is to follow every single year for the next five, 10 years, depending on how old they are. And that's pretty much it. Once we finish with that, that's kind of the blueprint. They own it, we give it to them, they can do what they want with it after that. And if they need us to help them install some of the solutions, clearly we do a lot of that, but they don't have to. They could take that plan and go to their advisors and say, hey, this is what my planner just said to do, go get me this stuff. So it's really uh, the client's in control of how they do things from there. Brian, this has been an absolutely great show today. I love hearing the information about how you work. And one of the things I love about my life is the opportunity of working with you. I will tell you for 2022, we are committed to helping people take action. That's something that our organization has said, look, it is time to have people take action on all this education. Education's great, but if you don't turn it into action, it's really not going to do much for you. Any recommendations as we end here of what someone should do next step if they really want to take action on the retirement, they want to learn more about the things you teach, and then get an opportunity to sit down and learn more about your planning? You know, what I would suggest would be always a great starting point is education. We deal with highly educated, intelligent people. Obviously, most of them are are CPAs and highly trained tax professionals. We really want to start from a, a perspective of education. And to do that, I would suggest people take your four hour class, the one that we teach together, so they get four hours of credit, because that really is a crash course in almost all of the knowledge base that's needed to understand how we do what we do and to help uh, clients be able to get it done. Uh, a point of uh, interest, that class that you and I teach, the four-hour uh, changing world of retirement planning course, that's actually adopted from a six-hour class uh, that I taught for five years at UCSD's business school, Rady School of Business Management at UCSD, where I taught it live to people. And it would take me two weeks to teach it. It would be three hours, one night, three hours a week later, uh, again, so we, us we usually used to do it on Mondays. And the class that you and I have developed has really been boiled down from that six hours into a four hour very intense crash course for smart people like we deal with uh, all day that come on and get continuing education. I think they really appreciate A, they're gonna get four hours of credit and B, it's very efficient. We're not wasting any time. Not one word is wasted in that class. It is just jam-packed with concepts, with historical data, you know, with strategy, uh, building skills. I just love teaching that class with you. And I think the last one we taught in, uh, what was it, December, we had about 250 people in that great class. So, uh, so I think that would be a next step is to attend one of those classes so you have that foundation. If you are wanting to get signed up for this class, all you've got to do is go to our website, Retirement Risk Advisors, search out the event, get signed up for that. And then once you're done with that, you are going to be given an opportunity to sit down and meet with uh, Brian and his team, be able to learn what it takes to get yourself to a risk-free and tax-free retirement. Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. It's always great to catch up. It's always great to uh, be together, to learn more about your backstory to learn more about what you're doing currently and to really appreciate the effort that you're putting in to help those that, that we educate to better understand their retirement. No, it's, it's my pleasure. It's always great to catch up with you, Dave, and hopefully 
this information is helpful to everybody and I look forward to the next class that we're teaching together. I think it's in January, sometime at the end of the month. Look for that uh, very uh, popular class. We, we do get hundreds of people into these classes, but it's a great opportunity for you to get started, to, to start making decisions, figure out what you need to do, and then to get experts. Because the problem is, it's not necessarily what we know, it's what we don't know that becomes the problem. And this is what I love about Brian, is he's going to bring up all those things that you maybe never thought about that are going to help you there. Thank you for being with us this week. Uh, please join us next week, where we'll have another interview. We'll talk about other strategies to help you get to a more safe and secure retirement. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Risk Show. Join us next week for more details on how you can better reduce the risks facing your retirement.